It's Monday, December 12th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. Congressional leaders are set to return to the Capitol today under pressure to negotiate a spending bill that would fund the federal government's operations beyond Friday. Negotiators have days to reach a deal on a full-year spending bill or pass a short-term measure delaying the deadline to avoid a partial government shutdown. To reach a longer-term deal, they will have to break the partisan deadlock between Republicans and Democrats, who are split over $26 billion in non-defense spending in talks to craft an omnibus bill. Republicans say the Democrats want big increases for entities such as the Internal Revenue Service that they say are already flush with cash. Democrats say their funding priorities, such as funding veterans' health care, are critical. Democrats in the U.S. Senate need to convince at least 10 Republicans to agree to advance a spending bill with the 60 votes needed. In the House of Representatives, a spending bill can be passed with a simple majority. In other news, stocks and bonds have headed in opposite directions to start December, a sign that investors' worries about slowing growth have started to eclipse their fears of persistent inflation. Equity traders have taken the darker view, deepening this year's double-digit losses for the S&P 500 and on Friday snapping a two-week winning streak for the major stock indices. Meanwhile, a rally this month has erased some of this year's fixed income route in a bet that bond prices have already fallen far enough to reflect the full brunt of expected Federal Reserve interest rate increases. When a looming economic slowdown clouds the outlook for stocks, investors often buy bonds for their relative safety and stability. But for most of this year, stocks and bonds suffered in tandem because inflation required the Fed to raise interest rates rapidly. Rates rose with little sign of damage to economic growth, hurting stocks and bonds alike. Around the world, Iran executed a second prisoner on Monday convicted over crimes committed during the nationwide protests challenging the country's theocracy, publicly hanging him from a construction crane as a gruesome warning to others. The execution came less than a month after the man allegedly fatally stabbed two members of a paramilitary force after purportedly becoming angry about security forces' killing of protesters. The development underscores the speed at which Iran now carries out death sentences handed down for those detained in the demonstrations that the government hopes to put down. Activists warn of at least a dozen people already that have been sentenced to death in closed-door hearings. At least 488 people have been killed since the demonstrations began in mid-September, according to human rights activists in Iran. Meanwhile, the front lines in the war between the West and militant Islamists have shifted to Africa, from Somalia on the continent's eastern tip to the western African Sahel, a semi-desert strip south of the Sahara. The U.S. and its allies are betting that the country of Niger, the worst-off country in the world by a U.N. measure, offers the best hope of stopping the spread of al-Qaeda and Islamic State. The elected civilian government in Niger is making slow headway against insurgents with the help of Western forces, U.S. and Nigerian officials say. In a typical operation, U.S. Army Green Berets helped plan a recent Nigerian raid on Tarodi, an al-Qaeda stronghold straddling a well-used trade route between Burkina Faso and Niamey, Niger's capital. The Green Berets supervise from a distance while local commandos they train carry out the raids. And back in the U.S., the COVID-19 pandemic laid bare for the District of Columbia and other major cities that public transit was a lifeline for essential workers 
and that even modest fares could be a burden to them. So the nation's capital is introducing a groundbreaking plan. It will begin offering free bus fares to residents next summer. Other cities, including Los Angeles and Kansas City, suspended fare collection during the height of the pandemic to minimize human contact and ensure that residents with no other travel options could reach jobs and services at hospitals, grocery stores, and offices. D.C.'s permanent free fare plan will be by far the biggest, coming at a time when major cities such as Boston and Denver are considering broader zero-fare policies to improve equity and help regain ridership that was lost with the rise of remote and hybrid work. Now you know, and you're ready to go with The Morning News. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.